Yes. Okay, a good A few weeks ago, a few years ago, when I was a yeshiva student, I, uh, me and a few other yeshiva students, we went over to the Pinya Korf Langazunt. The Pinya Korf, uh, night before Yom Kippur, we asked Rapinya if he could lead it for Brengen for us. Rapinya said that there are some people who are very organized in their service of Hashem, they know what to do when. If you're very organized in service in service of Hashem, so you said, well, I don't know if there's such a concept of doing it for Breng in the night before Yom Kippur, because I, he hasn't seen that by other older Hasidim. He doesn't know about the concept of doing it for Breng in the night before Yom Kippur. But he said, that's only for people who are so organized, know exactly what to do when. He, but he said, for people like us, he put us in the same caliber as himself, because he's a very humble person. People like us, so then we could bring the night before Yom Kippur as well. Opinion for me represents the entire the entirety of the wisdom and the whimsy, the fire and the joy of what a chassid is. So I want to dedicate our story tonight to Rapinya. Used to say that just like it says in the Torah that the spices that the coin God would offer for the incense uh, was ground very fine whole year, but right before Yom Kippur, day before Yom Kippur, they grinded it again, made it even more, grinded it again. So, Kazakhstan used to say, day before Yom Kippur, you got to grind it again, which means you have to, you have to. You have to somehow bring it to yourself more humility than you do ordinarily. Day before Yom Kippur, Shechon Yafa Yafa, you got to got to got to introduce a little more humility than, than you ordinarily do. So in that spirit, uh, I think it's very apropos to share a story about the concept of davening for someone else. I haven't uh, seen this written in Hasidus. I don't know if this is true or not true, but I just personally feel. A lot of times it's easier for, to pray for someone else than to pray for myself. Pray for myself. I start thinking, do I want this? Do I want that? Do I deserve this? Do I deserve that? I pray for someone else who needs the same thing. It's it's a lot easier for me to concentrate. It's just me personally. And the Gemara says, if you pray for someone else for the same thing that you need yourself, Hashem will answer you first. So it's worth it. And the Rebbe actually once said that even if you pray for someone else, because you want God to answer you first, it still works. So I'll share with you an incredible, beautiful story. Sheikh and Yafa Yafa, they have been grinded and being hum- humble and thinking about other people as the night before Yom Kippur. I'll share with you an incredible story. This story is recounted by the previous Rebbe in the great detail. I'm sharing with you stories related with all the details of the times and the months and the years. And I'm going to share with you the entire story. I'll so actually a long story, not the entire story, but a, a, a summary of the story. Um, this is a story of the birth of the chassid whose name was Roshan Abashas. As far as I know, please someone post it on the chat if you know differently. As far as I know, for some reason, although it's a beautiful story, it's not printed in English as far as I know. If you know differently, please post on the chat. 
this Abshana Bashas, um, his father uh, lived in a, the town of Denmark. His name was Gedaliah Baruch. Gedaliah Baruch lived together with his wife, Basha. He was a shoemaker and she was a, uh, she used to do like segules. She used to do like different spiritual remedies to heal people. She used to, you know, have the um, uh, different, different medical things, different schools, different spiritual remedies for various issues that people would have, especially she would help people who had just given birth and poor people, very generous, kind people. And they were Hasidim of the Baal Shem Tev. So Rogadaya Baruch was living in the city of Denver for a few years. And he had invited to the town other Hasidim of the Baal Shem Tev. At that time, the Hasidim of the Baal Shem Tev would dress like they were, even though they were extraordinary Torah giants, they would dress like very simple people, very down-to-earth people, very... And this town of Denmark was a, anyways, it was a, it was a town of farmers. And uh, Rabbi Dalia Baruch would have all these people who would come to visit him and visit the town to, to waken up the hearts of people to service, serve Hashem. These, these, these um, students of Al-Shanta would dress like simple people and they would share inspiring thoughts. At that time, there was like a class divide between the knowledgeable Torah scholars and, and regular people. And although most people weren't so knowledgeable, they felt ostracized and not really part of the Jewish people. And they, these travelers would come by and they would really raise their spirits. It was one time that one of these travelers came by and at the same time that a traveling moichiach came by. A moichiach was someone who would travel who, to rebuke people, to tell people if they don't shake, take, shake, to change their ways, they're going to get cursed. And it, there was one specific Jew named Rab Tebele the grocer, the uh, the um, actually of Tebele Balha Yerakos, Tebele who sold vegetables, and Rab Tebele would lay it on thick, or actually that's the wrong expression. He would really find fault in people and 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 rebuke them and tell them if they don't change their ways, what kind of terrible things would happen to them. So he arrived the same Shabbos as one of the friends of Rabbi Daya Baruch. And people had heard Reb Tebla, you know, they, he really cursed them and rebuked them and found fault in them. He really crushed them. And the other visitor from the Baal Shem Tev, a whole different energy. He found, he spoke about how Jewish people are kind and merciful and, and generous. And he really raised everyone's spirits. And everyone was able to see the marked difference between the path of the students of the Baal Shem Tev and Reb Tebla. They didn't actually know about the Baal Shem Tev yet. That happened later. In the year Tov Tzadik Ches on Shavuos, after Abudaya Barach had been living in Denver for four years, he, before the Torah reading, in Tov Tzadik Ches in that year on Shavuos, the day that God gave us the Torah, he made an announcement in the synagogue, an announcement that really shook people up. He says, this is the day and every year that we celebrate the day that God gave us the Torah, we have to really have thanks to God the incredible merit that we have, that God decided to give us the Torah. And then he said, we also have to think about the incredible merit our generation has, that we have someone who God has chosen to give the Jewish people a path in serving God with the love of Israel, with good character, the Baal Shem Tev. And he spoke about the miracles and wonders of the Baal Shem Tev, and how the Baal Shem Tev had introduced 
a new path in serving God. And what he said was made a huge impression on all the listeners, so much so, he used to dive in, in a shul called the Hebra Kadisha shul. There were two, there were three other shuls in Denver. And he was invited to the two other shuls, the, actually to all three shuls, to share what he had said to them. And throughout Shavuos, he was talking about the incredible miracles of the Baal Shem Tev, and how Hashem has given us uh, in every generation, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses got the Torah at Mount Sinai, and Moses gave the Torah to Joshua. And in every generation, the Torah is transferred to a tzaddik, to a leader, and how important it is to have faith in the tzaddik of the generation. That's what he said. And although Rabbi Baruch up to this point was known to be a humble person and not so knowledgeable, but he then after this point, he started to share his incredible knowledge in Torah and Gemara. And there began a certain um, energy of, of faith in the teachings of Al Shem Tev and, and people really became intrigued by this Gedalia Baruch. And there were groups of people that were, to a certain extent, followers, if you will. They weren't there, never visited the Baal Shem Tev, but, but a certain kind of connection they had already to the Baal Shem Tev at that time. So in the year Tammuz, in, in Tafkuf Aleph, Three years later, in Tammuz, Agadaya Baruch arranged a trip to the Baal Shem Tev in the summertime, he took a group of people from the town, and they stayed in Mezhebush, in the town of the Baal Shem Tev. They left Denberg, they went to Mezhebush, and they stayed there till Sukkot. They stayed there for three months, and when they came back, they brought this whole new energy to the town, whole new happiness and energy, and after they came back, there was a real... Uh, there was a lot of things changed. For example, in every synagogue, they would set aside time in the synagogue to talk about the miracles of the Baal Shem Tev. It, it became like a, 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 a part of everyone's day to think about and talk about the miracles of the Baal Shem Tev. They really were, were touched by, by this, this trip and it made it, and it, it started to spread. Now in this town, there was, especially, of course, this touched people who were had a hard, you know, lives and 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 were bitter, hearing about this miracle worker who could make blessings and give blessings that that really made change and changes really hit home. So, at this point, uh, there was in Denberg another man named Meshach Chaim. Meshach Chaim was married to his wife Miriam, and she and Meshach Chaim unfortunately weren't blessed with children. In the month of Teves, in Tuf Kuf Dalit, uh, Rav Meisha Chaim was talking to a friend of his about the Baal Shem Tev, about the miracles of Baal Shem Tev. His friend had told him a story how this person needed children, needed bracha for children, and Baal Shem Tev had advised him to give tzedakah to ransom someone who had been captured, which was very common at that time because all the Polish landowners would uh, imprison any of those Jews who couldn't pay their rent. So, the Baal Shem Tev told this guy who needed a bracha for children to, to, to redeem this um, to redeem this family. And as soon as they, they did this, they were blessed with children. Misha Chaim listened to this. He goes home to his wife, Miriam. He tells her, you know what? I want to visit the Baal Shem Tev. I hear all these stories, and I think we should do this. We should go to the Baal Shem Tev. His wife is ecstatic. His wife actually worked together. Oops, my phone just died, I think. Baruch Hashem. I'll restart in a second.
I can't I hear you, Rebel Eleven. I think he's gonna just plug in his phone and start it again. I believe Rabbi 11's phone um, lost battery, so I think Rabbi 11's going to charge it and log back in. Okay, sorry about that, guys. We're continuing the story. Sorry about that. Okay. Continuing. A little technical difficulties. My phone just died. Baruch Hashem, it's now at Chies HaMesim. Continuing on where we were. So we were up to the part where this Rab, Rab, Rab Moshe Chaim was telling his wife that he thinks it would be a good idea for them to go visit the Shemta, and she was very happy because she had a, she worked for Basha. She worked for Basha, the wife of the Chassid, the Baal Shem Tev, Baruch. And she had heard lots of stories about the Baal Shem Tev. She had heard so many things about the Baal Shem Tev. Sure that going to Baal Shem Tev would be a great idea. And she told her husband how she wanted to mention to him that she, they should go to Baal Shem Tev, but she never mentioned it till then because she never mentioned it till then because she thought that it wouldn't be accepted. He wouldn't want to go. And she's so happy and she would love to go to Baal Shem Tev. The problem was, this in Gedalia Baruch, he was very, he never ever left the city of Denver in his life. And he was terrified of travel. He was terrified of travel. So he didn't think it'd be a good idea to travel because he just never traveled, even though he wanted to travel, but he just felt he couldn't travel. And time went on. One day, Rabbi Gedalia Baruch's wife, Basha, is working together with Miriam. They visit this, this woman who was very poor, and they help her. And on the way back, Basha tells Miriam, so, I feel so bad for this lady. She had, her children don't have shoes. Her children don't have clothing. 
they're hungry and they're thirsty and they're bare. And I really wish we could help them. So, Reb, uh, so he took, she told this to Miriam. Miriam says, God's ways are always just. But I'm actually thinking about this woman who's how lucky she is. She has 12 children. I don't have any child children. So Basha says, why don't you go to the Baal Shem And she says, I would love to go to the Baal Shem My husband's just afraid to travel. I don't know what to do. Shortly afterwards, it was Pesach, and her husband, Moshe and heard that there was going to be a group going after Pesach to the Baal Shem He told his wife, you know what, I'm going to go with the group. Rabbi Baruch was leading another group to visit Baal Shem I'm going to go with them. And sure enough, in the beginning of year, he set out, together with his wife, on this visit to Baal Shem They came to Baal Shem And when his wife, Ramesh Chaim and Miriam, together entered Baal Shem room to ask for a blessing for children, Baal Shem did not respond. They asked for a blessing a second time. He didn't respond. They, asked for, they, came, they visited him three times, three different times of visit Baal Shem They asked for a blessing for children. Baal Shem did not answer. And they were so upset that Rabbi Baruch, I'm sorry, their Meshachim's wife, Miriam, fainted. And when she woke up, she just burst out from her heart crying. Rabbi Baruch, knowing the way the Balshamtim, knowing how much love Balshamtim has for everyone, and how much, how much he cares about everyone, he understood that this is a serious situation. And this can't be rectified in a regular way. And he asked other fellow followers, Hasidim of the Baal if he was one of the first Hasidim of the Baal he asked his colleagues what could be done. They advised him that they should get together and they should fast for three consecutive days and nights. For 72 hours, they should fast for three days and nights and they should pray on behalf of Rabbi Dalibar, of behalf of, of Ramesha Chaim and Maria. Nations, and they did it with Avisisrael, which, by the way, this town, Baruch Hashem, Los Angeles, is really, people are do this all the time. I, I really uh, noticed this, and it's very, very inspiring. People always share, this person is going to serve for this person, needs a blessing. Please pray for this person. I think Los Angeles, Baruch Hashem, excels in this idea of davening and asking Hashem to have mercy on another person. It's a really special thing. The previous Rabbi said that when you daven for someone else, and you ask Hashem to have mercy on that person, God accepts this like the prayers of the greatest prayer in history, the prayers of Rabbi Shmuel Kain Godel, Rabbi Shmuel, the high priest in the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. So getting back to the story. So they're praying for three days and nights. They, they decided they're not going to speak at all, any mundane things for 72 hours. They're just going to pray for them for 72 hours. They're not going to eat or drink. At the end of 72 hours, at the end of the, the fast, a messenger arrives from the Baal Shem Tov. The messenger says, the Baal Shem Tov invites all of you to come to a special... They didn't tell anybody what they were doing, by the way. This was a private thing. They did this themselves. They didn't tell the Baal Shem Tov. They just did this by themselves. But a messenger came from Baal Shem Tov. The messenger said, Baal Shem Tov wants you all to come to a special suuda, special meal, special party. So they asked, what's the party about? It's not Shabbos. It's not Yom It's not Rosh Chodesh. Why is there a party? The messenger says, I don't know. Just come to the party. So all of them go to the Baal Shem Tev, to this party, to this Uda. And at this party, Baal Shem Tev is talking about the incredible virtue of people who pray for others. People who turn to God to ask Hashem to have, to have mercy on other people. 
Hashem is talking about this, and they realize that Hashem is talking about them. They realize this good stuff is happening. They must be the God has heard their prayers, and the God has sent a message to Hashem about what they were doing. And they're very happy. And the Gedaliah Baruch encourages Ramesh Chaim and his wife to come over to Baal Shem to go over to Baal Shem at this occasion, at this festival. And Baal Shem gives them a bracha that they should have a child. And they're very, they're very happy. Everyone's happy. And when the group traveled back to Denberg after this pilgrimage to Baal Shem they went with joyous hearts, light on their feet, happiness, with joy, with going to, with, and they knew goodness was happening. And sure enough, in the on the second day of year, the following year, sure enough, on that exact day that that they had left to go to the Baal Shem Tev, on that exact day, Reb Chaimesha and Miriam were blessed with a child. Interesting thing that, to me, if the child was born on the second day of the year, the second day of the year is a special day in the calendar, it's the day that the Reb Marash was born, and we know that Rabbi Marash was famous for the teaching of going straight over, going beyond all limitations. The Rebbe actually once said that regarding Abbas Yisrael, regarding the love of our fellow Jews, previously doing the opposite. The power of the second of the year, the power of the Hasidic River is to turn, make a book in one suddenly act in a way of, of kindness and love and friendship to those people that you were previously doing the opposite. Anyways, get back to the story. The wife of Gedalia Baruch also had a child. Her child's name was Yecheve. And Baruch Hashem, grows up and he marries Yecheve. Someone marries Yecheve. And um, and he was called Reb Shlomo Bashas. He was called Reb Shlomo, the one who belongs to his mother-in-law. Just because she was such a, such a righteous, wonderful person. So they, they called him Reb Bashas. So the point of the story is how incredible it is to daven and pray for someone else. And when Kippur is coming, we're asking Hashem for all good things. We should also think about all those in our life who need the same blessings that we do. And ask Hashem on behalf of someone else. And Hashem will answer you first. Not only Hashem also answer you. You ask Hashem for someone else, Torah says, God answers you first. May Hashem help all of us and each of us have a chesivah maksim ateva, a we should celebrate with Avis Yisrael, Yishalayim, with Mashiach Tzakeinu, Karamamish. Amen. And any questions, comments? Okay. A good vach, a good yantiv, David, a good vach, a good Dvach Charlie, Dvach Yesa, Dvach Beryl, Mark Simateva, Lashana Tev, Musuka Teva Nirva, Nigo Mashiach now. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Good job.